Yanmark trying to get it towards the empty net. He dives. He scores. Hat trick. Game seven. Yanmark. Live from the Finley Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios and live at LVSportsNetwork.com. And he comes, fakes. He scores. Mark Stone, shorthanded goal. Took the goal off its pegs, lost his stick, but more room to pump his fist. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Your destination for inside access with the team, exclusive player interviews, and breaking news from around the National Hockey League. Here are your hosts, Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. From the flight deck in Section 104 of T-Mobile Arena, this is the VGK Insider Show on Fox Sports Las Vegas getting set for the Colorado Avalanche and the Vegas Golden Knights. Uh, Golden Knights will play their second preseason game coming off a defeat against the San Jose Sharks. Results don't matter at this time, but uh, Rita really wants wins. So we'll see if we can uh, serve up a victory for the Vegas Golden Knights on this night. The VGK Insider Show back in the building, back getting you set for basically what it uh, amounts to be a three-hour pregame show. So if you love hockey, this is the only place to be uh, when you want to follow what's happening around the Vegas Golden Knights. Darren Millard along with uh, Ryan Wallace. It is Chris Chapman back at the studio of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Looking forward to this one. In our intro for hour number two, you heard Dan Duva uh, with some uh, great calls from a year ago. Just a listener note for you tonight. Uh, Dan's going to slide over and do the TV call on ABC, and we are going to, Channel 13, and we are going to have uh, Brian McCormick call the game on Fox Sports Las Vegas tonight, normally the radio voice of the Henderson Silver Knights. So uh, everybody's moving in and around, getting some experience, and uh, Darren Elliott's going to do some work tonight as well. He'll be part of the Fox Sports Las Vegas uh, team uh, at times this year. So the preseason is also an opportunity for uh, us to uh, get some range in the broadcasting front. Yeah, I mean, it's awesome. I, I, like I said, as as we mentioned before, I'm, I'm excited to get to work tonight with Brian. We we worked together while you were in Tokyo, and they were some really fun shows. Um, you know, <laughs> certainly more fun when Darren's not around. And, uh, yeah, I just think it's, it's going to be Did you great. just run all over him? Is that what happened? Is that why it was oh, nice? Oh, no, no, no. No, it was, it was very collaborative. We, we got into the weeds quite a bit, and it was really fun. Like, it was just it was exciting. Hey, remember I, I said yesterday about his uh, post-game press conference escapades? Yes. When he, when he fell off the yeah. chair because yeah. the chair fo- folded up on him right. uh, the other day. And Chapman's like, he won't be very happy that, uh, that you're telling the story. I'm like, oh, no, it's fine. First thing he said to me. In the office mm-hmm. today. Was yep. Heard you heard I made up for some content uh, the other day on the radio show. I'm like, Great. Hey, if anything happens around me, yep. I turn it into content. Great, so, so he'll never be on the show. He'll never, ever come back on the show with me. Are you that's kidding? Well, well, at least when Darren's thanks, around. Buddy. Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You're going to the Olympics. Right. So there's that. Yeah, so yeah. We'll, maybe maybe he'll stick around or maybe, maybe he'll, he'll jump do on. The, uh, the, well, the Henderson That's... Silver Knights don't get uh, don't take an Olympic break. There it is. So he'll be working uh, throughout the whole thing. So while I'm in Beijing for the 2022 uh, Olympic Winter Games, I would love for Brian McCormick to, to step in. That's like... He's uh, got a great voice. He does have a great voice. It's a vacation. It really is. It's a vacation when, <laughs> for, when for Brian... All, for all when of us? Brian's in <laughs> and you're in, you're in another country. You, you don't go it's anywhere beautiful. and you get a vacation. It uh, feels like that, it. That sums it up. Our top five <laughs> at five as we continue to also tee up this uh, exhibition game, the Vegas Golden Knights and the Colorado Avalanche. 
Jonathan Marcheseau, William Carlson, Riley Smith will see their first game action of this preseason. Peyton Krebs, uh, Brett Howden, and Jack Dugan will all go for a second straight game. Uh, we will see Alec Martinez and Alex Petrangelo patrol the blue line for their initial skate. Boy, it must be a different feeling for Petrangelo this time around mm-hmm. than yeah. last year when his first game was his first game a regular season yeah. game. And, and now he gets to have the summer and be comfortable here and and get some reps in. And we'll also watch Laurent Brossois make his uh, Vegas Golden Knights debut against the Colorado Avalanche, who have, uh, have brought probably their, their secondary list. There won't be a McKinnon in tonight. But uh, this, is, uh, this is about watching certain players make strides and, uh, and wonder if it will lead to one of our guarantees, the top five at five, dealing with guarantees in the National Hockey League and with the Vegas Golden Knights this year. Today, we hit number three, and let's start with the Vegas Golden Knights, Ryan. Three, that's a magic number. Three. It's the magic number. That's the most work into this, these numbers and the countdown that he's ever put into the show. And I would like to commend Chris Chapman. I give him a lot of heat, but he's done some legitimate work here in going to Google and ripping stuff off. So I would like just a big stip, stick tap to you, Chapman, for doing a good job on this. Thank you. Yeah, I. You should have stuck with the count, buddy. What are you doing? I don't well, mind the number three. No, they they, they, they can't good. all be the same. I yes, mean, they can. I don't Continuity want to get uh, listen. No, you, I, you I don't got to move on off uh, of Sesame Street. Yeah, and, like, and, you got to try an avenue or two. Yeah, listen, no. and I don't want the family of Jim Henson suing the Vegas Golden Knight Insider Show for property rights infringement. Oh, because let, let's used... get one thing straight: <laughs> if they're suing anybody, it's not the VGK Insider Show. It is one Chris C. Chapman. Well, yes, that's we're, a good we're, point. we're a uh, conglomerate here, so so. Oh no! Yeah. no. When it comes no, to being no, you, sued, <laughs> it's every person for themselves. I'm, I'm you, dragging you, you two acted, down with me. You acted on your own accord. The, the, you the goats will have us. to be uh, no, put actually, up as collateral. No, no, no. We'll just go back to Friday's show when you had the first soundbite for this bit, and and we were all surprised and shocked. Mm-hmm. What? No idea. Number. <gasps> there it is. What number is that? But see, now everyone's confused because we played a bit for number three and then yeah. we went back to play number five. So give me number three one more time and we'll actually get into this. Nice got like, percussion in there too. A little background yeah. accompaniment. That's all right. So the Golden Knights, the number three guarantee going into this season. Oh, nice little rap there. Max Pacioretty mm-hmm. will score. 40 goals for the first time in his career in 75 games. He has to play at least 75 games. Well, if he plays less than 75 games, then it uh, then it makes it challenging. Hmm. But, yeah, we're going to see some history here. And, okay. and, and given what I've seen in camp mm-hmm. and then watch the other night, Max Pacioretty is ready to go. There's no easing into this season for Max Pacioretty. Uh, that one-timer, even though he got stopped the other night, gives me all kinds of confidence that he's uh, added another element uh, to his game. He can always one-time it, but yeah. that, that was a different shot. Uh, looks like he's been working on it uh, during the course of the lead-up to these uh, these games and adding that different um, layer to, to his game. But he's come close, and last year he would have scored 40 
if you were in an 82-game season. They didn't get there. You prorate, it doesn't count. Uh, sorry, uh, Connor McDavid would be uh, would fall under that uh, with being hindered with his season last year. So Max Pacioretty was, was really close mm-hmm. and was eyeing it up two years ago before the pause. And he was, I think he was, uh, was it would have needed like uh, seven goals or eight goals in the final ten games uh, before the season was paused. So it was going to be a challenge to get there that season. Yeah. But he was he was eyeing it up. This time time around, you look at the fifty six game season last year, and he would have blown through forty, mm-hmm. would have been mid forties, and that shows you that even at at his age and his experience, he's still establishing a new highs every year or goals per game every year and way he has has bonded with his line mates and with Chandler Stevenson and and Mark Stone I think I think this is the year that we get a 40 goal season out of Max Pacioretty in fact I'm guaranteeing a 40 goal season from Max Pacioretty this season so here's the thing I am going to fully endorse this and the reason being is over the last two years, Max Pacioretty's production rate has been about what it was in his mid-20s. Like, he is back in the prime of his career in terms of the production, in terms of putting the puck in the back of the net. I see no reason, legitimately no reason, that Pacioretty, Stone, and Stevenson are going to slow down. This is a, a line that has been very, very good, very productive in terms of holding on to pucks, making plays. They just know where each other are. And with Max Pacioretty, and I think this is going to be the key for me, the the power play for the yes. Golden Knights has to be better than it was last year. Exactly. I expect that it will. And if it is, more goals are going to come for Max Pacioretty on the power play. If you take all those things into account, I think 40 is in the wheelhouse. I do think he can do it. I'm with you on this one. I will fully endorse this guarantee, Max Pacioretty, a 40-goal score. It warms my heart when you and I are on the same page. doesn't happen often. But it doesn't, and that's why the show is somewhat entertaining. It's because we come at, uh, at life and hockey from two different perspectives. But we are, we are right in lockstep with why Max Pacioretty is going to hit that valued spot of a 40-goal season. When you examine what he did a year ago, mm-hmm. And, and where the goals came from, you you see room for growth there. And he scored a dozen power play goals last year. Mm-hmm. Could that stretch to 15, 18? Yeah. And that, that could be your difference in, one, the power play being better, yeah. and, number two, uh, him getting to, to 40. Now, he, the year that he was right on the edge of it, making that push before the pause mm-hmm. he had 19 with a man advantage which gives you an idea that that he was 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 hunting it down and his best other than that was was 17 so he's been in and around that but you couple you get back into that 20 range for power play goals one you're becoming an elite power play mm-hmm. performer which i think he is in the league and number two, uh, with the five-on-five play and how strong that line with Chandler Stevenson and Mark Stone is and are, uh, then then you've got a player that's that's circling some uh, some career history. And don't kid yourself, like this is something that Max wants, 
wants to become a 40-goal scorer. But like, his numbers for the start of his career yeah. are mind-boggling. Sure. He scored uh, 39 yep. one year, mm-hmm. 37, yep. 38, 35, all in a row. Yeah. But didn't get 40. I mean, it, like, it, 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 it's a small thing. Sure. But well, it's a thing. That 39 is, is, a, is one that I think you just you, you look back on and you're like, man, right there, right? Right there. And that was in 73 games. And so, you know, for me, like, the, the, the potential's all, all there. The skill's all there. The talent's all there. Um, and he's playing on a line where they, they just, these three players, there's something about the combination of Chandler Stevenson, Mark Stone, Max Pacioretty that leads to production. And we've seen it over the course of two years now. Like, and it's, it's, it's so funny because we, we, you and I have had this discussion about Chandler Stevenson and, and it, about every time there's an addition, every time there's a player that, that we become enamored with or we think is going to take oh, yeah. the next step, we just say, okay, well, when are they going to play between you yeah. know, Max Pacioretty and Cody Arsenal? Glass? Cody Glass. Nolan Patrick. Nolan Patrick. Yeah. Uh, Peyton Krebs. Peyton Krebs. The list yeah. goes on and on. And so what I think is interesting, most interesting about this is when you look at Pacioretty's numbers over the last two years for the Golden Knights, as I mentioned, they're right where they were in the prime of his career. Talking about 39-goal seasons, 37-goal seasons, 35-goal seasons. You don't want to mess with that. You don't want to change much of anything. That, those three together, I think, gives Pacioretty the best shot and a power play that I think is going to be more consistent and more dangerous is certainly going to fit into that wheelhouse, too. One of the most elite goal scorers in the National Hockey League to never be in contention for a Rocket Richard trophy. Yeah. You'd think the, the consistency of his numbers boggles my mind. And with his shot and his release, uh, that he's never been in the running for a Rocket Richard. And there's some years there's injury. Some years it's uh, that the team hasn't been great when it's Montreal time. Mm-hmm. But it, this is a play. When you see him shoot and when you see him set up and skate, he's a better skater than he'll ever get credit for. Uh, I think there's that one magical season there still in him. And when you, your explanation for uh, and, and uh, observation, uh, rather, uh, of, of how great he is right now, compared to his mid-20s and how it's in lockstep is is extremely um, uh, optimistic to point towards something being good this year. Yeah, I'm, I'm right there with you. I, I think this is a guarantee I can get fully behind. and Better than yesterday's with uh, Sidney Crosby? Well, I mean, that's, yeah, for sure. I, I don't believe in that one whatsoever. You got outvoted on that. Now to the, uh, the number three, uh, the third most guarantee in the National Hockey League. Let's play our sounder one more time. The number three guarantee in the NHL this season. The Stanley Cup finalist, in this case, the Montreal Canadiens, will miss the playoffs for a second straight season joining the Dallas Stars. This one's actually easier than a year ago. <laughs> it's I, the easiest one ever. I kind of thought Dallas would be in the mix. Sure. And then they got coveted and got knocked off their stride early on, and it was a mess to begin the season uh, for, the, for the Dallas Stars coming off their march to the Stanley Cup final. 
the injury bug hit them. They were without big-name players uh, at every position last year, and they just never really made that big push towards a playoff spot. There was optimism near the end of the year, but it, it just never happened. Uh, at the start of the year, though, you would have said, ah, Dallas should be in the mix in that in that uh, potpourri division mm-hmm. that, that was uh, made up of all the teams that were kind of left over. This, with, with Montreal going back to the traditional division that they, that they play in, in the Atlantic, yeah. uh, there's no chance. I feel bad. I feel bad saying that because it's a story franchise and it's got some uh, some star players on it. But man, you're competing against Florida, which is better. Tampa, which is two-time Stanley Cup winner. Toronto, which we know is a good regular season team. Uh, it's it, Boston is in there. Uh, who who are you beating out uh, in that group? Never mind the fact that while they were the Stanley Cup finalists last year. Mm-hmm. Uh, they were also ranked 18th in the National Hockey League. Yes. Um, and all of that is is to say that the Montreal Canadiens had their Cinderella season, and it was last year. They found a way into the playoffs. They caught fire, and they were able to do some really remarkable things in getting to the Stanley Cup final. Ironically enough, in a division where they're going to be with their counterpart in the Stanley Cup final. That's the second year in a row yeah. that that's happened. Um, who are they going to be better than? Buffalo, Detroit, Ottawa. That's that's it. That's really who they're going to be better than. They're not better than Tampa. They're not going to be better than Toronto. They're not going to be better than Boston. And they're not going to be better than Florida. Well, I have them in the mix with Ottawa, quite frankly. <laughs> I see I see progress with Ottawa. Yeah. Ottawa wasn't as bad as, they, as I thought they would be last year. Uh, they showed uh, a sign... Uh, I don't know what the difference was in points four or five uh, last year between Ottawa and Montreal. It wasn't as extreme as we expected uh, at the at the start of the season. So I, I see Ottawa getting a little bit better, and with Montreal with Shea Weber uh, injury and uh, some some just change. I think Cole Caulfield, uh, great young player. They, they they should be more exciting. Whether they take care of Nick Suzuki. Uh, contract. There's, there's that. Uh, how much can Carey Price play? There's, there's, there's still some question marks there uh, over a full season. Mm-hmm. I see Ottawa and and Montreal closer than what people might expect. And the the stats would bear that out from last year. The Montreal Canadiens won 24 of their 56 games. The Ottawa Senators won 23 of yeah. their 56 games. Uh, really, the the reason the Montreal Canadiens made the playoffs were overtime points, 11, right? So, uh, you know, you, you fact... Overtime losses. Overtime losses. That's actually <laughs> even worse. It's <laughs> remarkable. Uh, but again, like, I, they they weren't this team that was on the cusp of no. brilliance. They were a lot of new parts last year trying to figure out how they gel. It, it worked pretty much for the first half of the season. And then uh, uh, Montreal down the stretch, not particularly good. Uh, but they get into the playoffs. They they figure out a way, and and that's what they were last year. This year, I think it's going to be more of the same. You've got some young players that are coming up, but you lose Phil Deneau, you use yes, you lose Jesperi Kokkaniemi, and all of a sudden down the middle, you're just not as strong as you were last year, and you already weren't particularly good last year. So it doesn't bode well for the Montreal Canadiens to get back to the playoffs. There's there's times where teams are ahead of schedule, 
and they do something great. Yeah. Uh, this wasn't Montreal being ahead of schedule. No. Kind of just middling along, waiting for the next wave to arrive. And they also did it without Jonathan Duran. Like, yes. Like there was, there was so much. That should be uh, one of those books that you, that you read in about four years when, you, when you've got some time to step back, especially us here in, in Las Vegas. Because mm-hmm. even now, it's still too fresh to get into how Montreal did it and how, how they got through those teams that they, that they faced in Toronto. Mm-hmm. How'd that happen? Winnipeg, mm-hmm. yeah. how'd that happen? Uh, Vegas, and then finally ran out of gas against the Tampa Bay Lightning. But in, in about three years now, I want to get go back and go, somebody tell me, like give me a definitive answer on how Montreal did it. But at about the same time, I'll be able to look back and go, yeah, there's no chance they were making the playoffs in the 2022 season. Yeah, it's just not happening. Where, where do you think they finished in that division? Um, do you think they, hmm. they finish ahead of Buffalo uh, and Detroit? I think they, they absolutely finish ahead of Buffalo and Detroit. I think that your point is well taken about the Ottawa Senators kind of being right there. I still don't. Like, that's a team coming. They are coming. I, it's tough, right? Because, like, I look at Ottawa and I look at those 23 wins last year. They were so bad to start the season, right? And they probably weren't as bad as that, but I don't think that they're as good as how they finished the season. So they're probably well, they're right. But their goalie's better. They're probably right there in the middle. Yeah. I, I want to believe the Ottawa Senators are coming. I do. I want to believe that this team is going to take a step. It's not a step to the playoffs, but it is at least a step to in the middle of the pack and, and trying to build and build. Um, you know, I I, I really got to see this Brady Kachuk situation. Like, if Brady Kachuk misses significant time or some time at the beginning of the year, then I think that hurts Ottawa's chances of finishing ahead of Montreal. I really do. I think Montreal finishes ahead of one team in the Atlantic Division, <laughs> and that's Buffalo. No way. Yeah. I, th- really? I, th- I think Detroit's going to be better. Oh, that's beautiful. I, I think uh, Ottawa's going to be better. Uh, I think that there's there's teams that uh, that are building, and I don't wish Montreal any ill will. I just, from what I saw from Ottawa, and if they straighten out the, the goaltending and get some consistent goaltending uh, this year, and and Detroit, I just feel like it's time to have one of those uh, better seasons. They they've they've got exactly what you'd expect out of their team the last few years. Uh-huh. Not a lot. Yeah, it's like something you, you can't just be flat every year. The odds are that you're going to have one of those bump years. This is Detroit's bump year. That is a spicy take. Thank you. Uh, thank you very much. You want uh, some more spicy? conversation. We've got uh, one-timers coming up on Fox Sports Las Vegas as they you crank up the sound system. Yes, the speakers are working at T-Mobile Arena. You know you know what just happened there? I think they did it on purpose. No, no, no. no. Somebody brought their kid to the game <laughs> and the kid is playing with the with the volume control. Oh, there he is. Yeah, little, little Bobby's cranking it back up again and just giggling. That's what just happened inside T-Mobile Arena. It's the VGK Insider Show. We've got one-timers coming up. News and notes from around the National Hockey League of Fox Sports Las Vegas. Come on, crank it up. Bronson in your wing. Big shot, he scores! It's time for one-timers. Quick looks at some of the biggest stories of the day. And it's a tie hockey game. On the VGK Insider Show.
Pittsburgh Penguin news. Uh, Zach Austin-Reese tested positive for COVID. So they're following all the uh, protocols there. But interesting, I, the fallout from this, like a year ago, this would have been front-page news. But with everybody being, most players and most teams being at or close to 100% vaccinated, that uh, the teams have a little bit more uh, breathing room uh, when it comes to a, to a positive test around a player that's been in camp like this. Yeah, and, and I think that you know kind of shows the progression and the evolution uh, from where we were last year in the in the shortened season to it's kind of where we are now and. You know, hopefully for Zach Aston Reese, he's he's able to just go through protocol and get himself back on the ice because, you know, a team that you think is going to make the playoffs, they could use him. Uh, they could. Uh, Travis Hamanek is not in camp with the Vancouver Canucks. Uh, he is attending uh, to a personal issue, and there's a lot of speculation around his status going forward. Defenseman uh, who uh, remember opted out of the bubble mm-hmm. and. Uh, just signed a, a two-year deal, but uh, has a, a daughter who's got uh, an immune-compromised issue. So there's there's a lot of speculation that Travis Hamanek may be considering not playing this year. The deadline to opt out of the season is Friday. Mm. Now, Jim Benning, the general manager of the Vancouver Canucks, uh, has been fielding a lot of questions about Travis Hamanek from the media. And he basically said, I don't know why everybody has to stick their nose into a personal issue. Uh, he, he's dealing with it. He'll be here soon. Like, let's let's let this thing play out. But because of uh, Travis's situation with his daughter and opting out of the bubble two years ago, there has been some speculation generated that, one, he would rather play in the United States because he wouldn't have to... Uh, be vaccinated and could play more games, not have to worry about crossing the border. Uh, there's that that angle to it. There's another angle is that he may retire, which I don't I don't buy after just signing a two year contract. That doesn't make any sense. And knowing that this kind of situation was was likely going to be in front of him, why would he sign the two year deal and then go? Oh, I, I I'm not going to be able to cross the border enough, so uh, I'm not going to get vaccinated. Uh, it, it, just that that one's a little bit left field and the other part about playing in the united states is is strange too because he he asked to play in western canada yeah to be closer to uh to family and i don't see the idea of playing in the united states as as fitting into it just goes against that uh at the end of the day after saying all that i expect travis hamannick to be in camp soon and I expect him to play for the uh, for the Vancouver Canucks this year. It's he's a big part of their team. They 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 they've changed some things around there. They're trying to get better. Uh, they obviously have the situation with uh, Peterson and and Quinn, but they could use some good news with Travis Hamanek reporting. Yeah, I agree with you. I, I, in in terms of of Travis Hamanek, and and I think Jim Benning says it yet yeah, says it perfectly. Like this is a, a personal matter, right? Like he's going through uh, something, and and everyone would agree, I think that. You know, especially after the last two years, especially after going through uh, COVID and the pandemic, that family comes first. Family is most important. And if it takes a little bit longer, a few extra days, whatever the case may be, or weeks for Travis Hamnick to kind of figure out what needs to be figured out in regards to his daughter, then I, I say you give him the time that he needs. And hopefully 
uh, it comes to a resolution where Hamnick can play for the Vancouver Canucks and be a, a member of their team and contributing on a nightly basis. As for Hughes and Pedersen, there's talks that are ongoing. Mm-hmm. Uh, no deal appears to be imminent, but it, all arrows are pointing towards shorter-term deals now for, for both, not just the at the outset it was okay one guy's going to get a long-term deal yeah one guy's going to get a bridge deal and then they're going to have to figure out Besser and and this and work some almost like a shell game like mm-hmm. move some things around uh, now it looks like both guys are, are headed to short-term deals I mean if that's what you got to do to get it done you got to get it done like it, you, you need Pedersen you need Hughes you can't really afford in my opinion for those two guys to miss regular season games so you know what your deadline is. You know what you need to do to get it done. Go get it done. Uh, Evander Kane is not in camp with the San Jose Sharks. Cleared of the wrongdoing when it comes to wagering. Mm-hmm. Reiterate that. But there was a, a secondary uh, investigation that was launched late in the proceedings there. And there was some speculation that it involved his wife. That does, Elliot Friedman's reporting, that doesn't appear to be the case. That it's more about some... Uh, violations of COVID protocol yeah, and uh, along that line. What those would be, how it impacted the team, how it uh, affects the or affected the organization, uh, I don't have any insight, but uh, Elliot Friedman's reporting is that it has more to do with COVID and uh, actions in and around the organization following protocol than anything else. So what I think is interesting is obviously the, the protocols have been set and uh, you know, outside of, of you know, Alex Ovechkin and, and uh, I believe it was Ilya Samsonov, right, that uh, that broke COVID protocol. Yeah, there was four and, Washington and, Capital and players. And missed games. There really isn't much in terms of a precedent, depending on what is going on and what protocols were broken, allegedly, by Evander Kane. So um, it's, it's kind of a big question mark right now for the San Jose Sharks hanging over them in terms of is this player going to be available to us at any point during training camp or is this player going to be available to us to start the regular season like that's that's what's hanging over the san jose sharks right now it's it's not the easiest thing to deal with if if you're trying to figure out what that team's going to be going into this year uh san jose sharks uh, and thomas hurdle continue to have conversations there's some uh, scuttlebutt that thomas hurdle may may take a hometown discount there to stay. Uh, okay, yeah, I mean... They, they have no money with the cap. Like they're they're, like, they're as I, hamstrung as anybody. But that's like that's the thing I, I don't I don't understand. Like, it, it, If you're Tomas Hurdle and, and you're not necessarily looking... You have an opportunity to go to market and pick your team yeah. and try to win. And the writing is on the wall with the San Jose Sharks. They're not going to be competing anytime soon. So I don't understand taking a hometown discount when you can hit the market, make some money, and go to a contender. I'm going to take Thomas Hurdle's side here. What's wrong with with the guy being happy where he is? Maybe he really likes living in San Jose. I mean, maybe winning isn't the most important thing. Maybe making maybe an extra million and a half a year isn't the most important. If you play a game for a living and you haven't won a Stanley Cup, shouldn't giving yourself the best option to win a Stanley Cup 
be your number one priority? No, I, I I don't. I mean, you 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 would hope that is, but I don't think that that's necessarily it. Like the guy, if the guy's happy, why why are we gonna crap all over that? I mean, happiness is something that that I think very few people get to experience. And if he's truly happy in San Jose, we should be applauding him for wanting to take a hometown discount to not uproot his family and stay in a place that he's very happy. I don't think I've ever been happy losing. No, no, I haven't either, but I'm not Thomas Hurdle either, where I'm making, what, $6.5 million a year? 5.625. Okay. The closest comparison that I can, where I've had this debate, would be um, Shane Doan back in the day. Yeah. Was was he ever going to say, okay, I'm, I'm going? I'm out of here, or trade me, or I'm going to sign somewhere else, and it never did. I, at some point, I'm going to sit down with Shane and, and ask him if he regrets that mm-hmm. and and whether he wished he would have taken a run. He may he may not uh, ever regret it. In the back of my mind, if I was going to guess, I would say he will, uh, especially the way things played, uh, leaving the organization, out of the organization, mm-hmm. back yeah. in the organization. Um, and he was he was a competitor, and I at that chance he never really had that big chance. Got to a semifinal one year, the conference final. Yeah, with the uh, with the Arizona Coyotes. But I hurdle, you got a chance to win. Like people, you you don't owe anything to the San Jose nope. Sharks right now. You're you're you don't going owe anything to anybody really. And, and and you know if you're if that you goes were, for any team, right? Yeah, exactly. And if you're comfortable and happy playing in San Jose, yeah, sure, that's one thing. But I, I just I look at this situation at 27 years old, your ability to pick your next spot and not have to take a hometown discount. I guess that's the part that bothers me about this. Like, you look up and down that roster, and right now, Tomas Hurdle should should be the most important player on the San Jose Sharks mindset. And if you look at the numbers for Carlson, if you look at the numbers for Couture and and Evander Kane, and it's coming in under those numbers, I'm sorry. Why should he take a a discount? Because they tied up all their money in those players. He shouldn't. He shouldn't. Go win. And the other thing is, I I buy the hometown discount thing Mm -hmm. when you've got a chance to win. I agree. But not when you're in, in, in that situation. Two against one, we win. Uh, We've got some key dates coming up on the NHL calendar. March 21st, book it. That's your National Hockey League trade deadline. 40 days left in the season. National Hockey League trade deadline on March 21st. First day of the Stanley Cup playoffs will be May 2nd. Wow. So circle that one on your calendar. The last possible day of the Stanley Cup playoffs, so goes the distance and... uh, in most series, and they don't start early, and the Stanley Cup final goes to Game 7. Going to be a hot one in Vegas, June 30th. Let's hope we have, uh, we're have. we asking about the ice and, and holding up. I think it'll be fine. I think it'll be fine, too. We have the best ice crew in the league yeah. here. Yeah. They were voted the best ice crew in the United States. Like in the, of the of the teams in the, in the National Hockey League in the U.S. And the Montreal ice crew was voted the best in Canada. Mm-hmm. And then they played in playoffs last year, and so they, they had the good ice. That's what I'm saying. The draft is July 7th and 8th in Montreal. 
Yep. So get that. So now you know mm-hmm. when it's going to be. July 7th and 8th. Yeah. Have you started the passport process yet? Indubitably. Nope, you haven't. That's uh, that's a no. You can use all the fancy words you want, but that's a no. If you if you had started the process, you would use simpler words and not try to confuse me and show off and and make me all uh, out of uh, sorts. Are you are you looking up that word now? No, I'm just going through my key dates. Dang it! And uh, free agency starts on July 13th. So there's you know, we're into July still uh-huh. uh, with some of this stuff because uh, the season's not going to start on until the the 12th of October, but we're getting closer. Uh, towards a, a regular calendar. So the the trade deadline is March 21st, you said, correct? Yes. All right, so the Lou Lamorello trade deadline is actually March 10th? Ooh, I would say almost earlier than that. Right when you get back from the Olympics? Yes. Okay. Wouldn't that be fun? A trade right out of the gate? Yeah. Let's go. I don't know whether it's happened before, but there's been that speculation mm-hmm. in and around there, and teams sending players to the Olympics and wondering, please... Please don't get banged up because we're going to trade you <laughs> as soon as you get back. Uh, because uh, why why wouldn't you trade a player uh, before the Olympics? Uh, one, the, the team doesn't want to acquire a player who may get banged up. Yep. Number two, it's salary cap and the impact, and you can use up so many of those days sure. uh, during the course of the, the Olympics to whittle down. That's why we'll see a, a host of players uh, sent down to the American Hockey League during the course of the Olympics to get ice time and because it will save on the uh, on the salary cap thing. And uh, on the uh, front of, uh, of Brady Kachuk, still still nothing going there. Uh, still all sides uh, pointing towards a, a shorter-term deal now than, than a longer-term deal, but even that is, uh, is having some issues. Mentioned bonuses yesterday and all the upfront money. That is, uh, I talked to somebody today, and that is really one of the big sticking points even on a shorter term deal if the if if the kachucks are going to buy into going four years then they want a lot of that cash up front it just when you can when you can work on 12 million dollars in your hand i'm saying 12 million dollars but uh, something along that line and the the interest and everything else yeah. that it can makes a massive massive difference and the auto senators aren't a cash flush team Pedersen. Yep. Hughes, Kachuk. Yeah. Which Long. one gets done first and which one is the Boy, final? I, I I see a scenario now where none of the three start the season. Wow. And I don't know whether Brady ends up being a, uh, a Nylander situation that we had a few years ago where that was right up against the deadline yeah. to sign and play that season. I think he signed for six million dollars or seven million dollars. That uh, that ends up being a bargain now, doesn't it? <laughs> uh, but uh, I I can see that the nastiest one will be the Kachucks. There they will not give in uh, to to that. But I can I can see I can see the scenario playing out where uh, where all three of them are on the sidelines when the puck drops. Willie is just a shade under $7 million. Yeah. Good player. Great player. Yeah. They're, they're a team. I, I don't know what to expect out of the Toronto Maple Leafs this year. I mean, nothing matters until the playoffs. No. It, it's, li- literally nothing. It's There's a handful of teams that you can say that about mm-hmm. and for different reasons. Uh, Florida. Doesn't matter about the playoffs. They haven't won a series since 1996. 
when they got to the Stanley Cup final since my buddy Doug was there. And the Toronto Maple Leafs are one because they haven't won a series in so long but have been awarded the Stanley Cup at the start of the season uh, so many times. Vegas is one yeah. where it's about the unfinished business. There's, there's a, a few of these clubs that are going to do their best to perform during the regular season, but it's really going to come down to the Stanley Cup playoffs. If you can find five, that's probably on the, on the high end, but those three for sure. Tampa, uh, I guess you could put them into it, but the, the urgency just isn't there. Mm-hmm. I, uh, the, the history is trying to win three in a row. Uh, during uh, during a salary cap era for the first time, it, you could convince me of that. But beyond that, there's there's not a lot of other teams. Uh, Colorado, the team that we're going to watch tonight, that yeah. organization, that has to do with getting through the second round. Uh, so there's there's four teams hardcore, five if you fit uh, Tampa Bay. Those are your one timers for this Tuesday, September Junior on Fox Sports Las Vegas. We're back to the Findlay Chevrolet Fox Sports Las Vegas studios. This is the Vegas Golden Knights Insider Show. Here's Darren Millard and Ryan Wallace. Even though he interrupted earlier, we're still going to give Chapman his own segment. But before we do that, uh, some tickets to give away. If you want to come down to T-Mobile Arena on Friday night, watch the LA Kings. Uh, we have two tickets available, Wallace. Yeah, we do. Caller number 7, 702-876-1340. You are a winner. Uh, and as Chapman answers, one, two, three, four, five, uh, let's uh, just uh, discuss a little bit about what we're going to see tonight. T-Mobile Arena with the Colorado Avalanche providing the opposition for the Vegas Golden Knights and Marceau, Carlson, Riley Smith uh, in the lineup tonight. Got a chance to talk to uh, William Carlson today. He's just a cool customer, ready to go. <laughs> yeah, he is. Uh, you know, a player that, that has come into his own here with the Vegas Golden Knights. Um, I, I look at him as just the, the prototypical player that took advantage of an opportunity, and he hasn't relinquished his spot since getting it. And, you know, that whole line, right, the Marcus O'Carlson Smith preseason historically for them has been dominant. So I'm curious to see how they start the game tonight. Hey, and Caden Korzak's going to wear a VGK sweater tonight Yeah, that's cool. for the first time. That's cool. It's so cool. And, you know, I, I, I'm excited for Caden Korzak. I, I, you know, I think there's room here to, to just really solidify that impression. And, you know, a good game for Caden Korzak might lead to two, might lead to three. We'll see what happens. Chris Chapman, we had one winner earlier going to Friday's game. Yes. Uh, Alex won the tickets. Uh, who won these two? Mike. Mike, Mike is the winner. Yep. Hey. Nice. Uh, congratulations, uh, yeah. uh, Mike. Uh, we appreciate everybody listening, and uh, we'll have more tickets for you as we continue on in the uh, road towards the regular season for the Vegas Golden Knights and opening night on October 12th against the Seattle Kraken. What do you have for us, Chappie? Well, uh, I will be making my way down to T-Mobile tonight for my first game of the season. I was not able to attend on Sunday. I had other duties here at the station, so I'm really excited, and I'm excited to see that misfit line with Petrangelo and Martinez running the power play that's what we saw this morning at practice so i'm kind of excited for that because i don't recall us ever seeing those three the, the misfit line together on a power play it seems like one of them was always not there yeah, they, they they jumbled it back and forth a little bit last year they went with straight up lines yeah uh, for a little bit of a stretch but you're right it's, uh, it's a little unusual and and what they do with the second unit tonight yeah that's going to be fun too 
uh, Krebs would be in the mix there. Dugan will be in the mix uh, on that. Coughlin and Hag, we've we've talked about uh, their their potential. Uh, I think Hag's uh, looking for a, a big one. Uh, what what sweater did you wear to media availability today? Because you wore another goofy. Oh, it was t-shirt. the uh, Nippon Ham Fighters. Yeah. Yes, which is Shohei Otani's former team in Japan. So I'm uh, telling you. <laughs> there's one of these days where you're going to show up and they're going to say, sorry, your dress code does not match the I, professionalism I of the don't national hockey th- league. Listen, I don't show up to <laughs> games dressed like that. I, I look very business attire appropriate when I show up to games. So uh, All right. I'm just telling you, it's going to happen and <laughs> it's going to come from me. Well, I, I won't you don't really count. So. No, I I, 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 now, I now will if, when you don't get in. Now, if Gosher or Lawless or Knighty, they have a problem, then I have yeah. a problem. Then I'm in trouble. But you, I, I think you're very low on the pecking order when it comes to the broadcast. Ooh, Gary Lawless is coming up next on the VGK pregame show, isn't he? 6.30. Nice. Close enough. Uh, have some fun. And enjoy the action. Brian McCormick with the call tonight. Dan Duva is going to move over to TV uh, this evening. It's the Golden Knights uh, preseason game number two against the Colorado Avalanche on Fox Sports Las Vegas. Oh!